Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. might be raining outside, but whenever we're gathered, it's warm and toasty inside. <laughs> Under God, I know. That was bad, I know. <laughs> it's how I feel. <laughs> so, I'm Donna Opoka, and I'll share your, the announcements with you today. So, please join us after in Social Hall for fellowship and yummy homemade goodies, and if you have not yet picked up your UFH church directory, we'll have those available downstairs too. The children's church needs you. Sunday school teachers and nursery aides are needed. If you enjoy working with children, please see Sharon Clace, our children's church director, and she can give you more information. You are encouraged today to attend our town hall meeting after service about 11.30 in Social Hall. So come down and hear current information and updates about the capital campaign and finances and plans and upcoming events and answers to any of your questions. The board and Reverend Kelly will be there to assist you in any way possible. Our next critical Conversations Zoom meeting is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. These conversations continue to open our hearts to one another for greater understanding and possibilities for deeper love, healing, and change. Please join us and bring a friend. The, uh, you'll find the link on our website. Reverend Kelly's facilitating a seven-week class from Emily Cady's book, How I Used Truth. The class began last Tuesday and will end on June 13th, every Tuesday. But you still have time to sign up if you want to, and you can just send an email to seniorminister at unityfh.com. The Zoom class is in session from 6.30 to 8.45, and you do need the book, How I Use Truth by Emily Cady. Our capital campaign theme for May and June is Super Share 50-50. 
Raffle tickets will, can be obtained after service each Sunday beginning next Sunday, May 14th, running through Sunday, June 25th. Proceeds from each Sunday will be accumulated and the drawing will take place and the winner announced on Music Sunday, June 25th. May 21st is Unity of Farmington Hills Giving Sunday. Giving Sunday is an opportunity to further express our commitment and appreciation to UFH. This is an opportunity to catch up on our ties or give additionally to the capital campaign. The ukulele, U, the UFH ukulele group, or UUG, <laughs> doesn't that say UG? <laughs> They're meeting again. They're meeting again um, on Sunday, May 21st from 11.15 to 1 p.m. in room 9. Bring your ukulele, your voice, or both for a desired and expected outcome of fun. The women's and men's group will be having lunch and touring the Detroit Historical Museum also on Sunday, May 21st at 12 noon. If you're interested in this outing, please see Eileen Lindbergh or Faith Brower for more details. And always, to request prayer, you can place your request in the box out in the, the hallway. You can email your request to the prayer chaplains at unityfh.com. Or you can call our special hotline, 248-702-0010. Today, Reverend Victoria Hart is our prayer chaplain, and she will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. So please, let's move out as soon as we can to give them time and space. To stay abreast of all our activities and our upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com. Check out our Facebook page or read through the newsletter that's emailed out every Friday. And now as we, as we hear the music team sing, Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds for our spiritual communion. Sunday of the month of May, and um, since the beginning of this year, we have been doing a spiritual communion. Um, today, I wanted to do it as a call and response, but our slides aren't working, so I'm going to be uh, reading both slides, and when we get down to the last part, I'll have you guys affirm after me softly that part. <clears throat> May, uh, in unity, 
each of the powers, I mean, each of the 12 months of the year represent one of the 12 spiritual faculties of our consciousness. And then that also represents, each month also represents one of the disciples of Jesus as well. And so for May, the power is power. The disciple is Philip. And in each one of our spiritual centers or spiritual faculties, there's a part of our body where it radiates strongly. And for power, it radiates at the back of the throat. That's why the scripture, there is uh, life and death in the power of the tongue. And so power represents our ability, our ability to have dominion over our consciousness, to master our consciousness, and to have control over our consciousness. So that's why I wanted to use call and response because through our voice we would radiate a spiritual quickening of our consciousness. So what I'm going to do is I am going, like I said, I'm going to read through um, similar to how I, do, how I did it before. And when we get down to um, the bottom part, I'll have you guys close your eyes and just affirm silently the part you will have said out loud because you can't see it up on the screen. The Lord's Supper has a place in the Church of Christ. Our church observes this through spirit. In the spirit, we move into a deep sense of understanding and life. Symbols are useful to the extent that they serve to point us to the realities of what they actually stand for. And so as we, in other In other religions, they use, in Catholic religion and others, they use wafers to represent Jesus' body, and they use grape juice to represent Jesus' blood. We in unity move into a spiritual experience of it. So what we believe is that when understanding and realization of truth are attained, then the symbols are no longer necessary to use in the physical realm because you're doing it spiritually. Bread represents the substance of spirit, the body of Christ. Wine represents the life of spirit, the blood of Christ. The way we transform, are transformed by the blood of Jesus is by accepting the life of Christ as our own. You realize that you're one with that life. The blood of Jesus is his life. He came to bring to all of us the awareness and the understanding and knowledge of the abundant omnipresence of God in each and every one of us. So that's why that scripture, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. How do we worship God? How did Jesus tell us to worship God? God is spirit. And they who worship spirit, worship in spirit and in truth. The Lord's Supper is a form of spiritual worship and must be spiritually understood. So how do we discern the Lord's body? How do we eat of his body and drink of his blood? We discern the Lord's body by recognizing that it is substance that is within us. We eat the body of Christ, which is substance, and drink his blood, by, which is life, by affirming the omnipresence 
of substance and life within each and every one of us. We claim union with that substance and life. This is the true sacrament, to come into oneness with it. Our bodies are vitalized and renewed when we partake of communion through that true sacrament, that we are one with substance and life. How do we prepare ourselves for communion with our Lord? We prepare ourselves by affirming deep with deep realization, and I want you to affirm this with me, so close your eyes deeply. I mean, close your eyes and take a deep breath. And I want you to affirm this with me. My heart is right with God. My mind is lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit within. My ability to master, have dominion and control. Dominion and control. It are, is aligned with the Christ in me. And keep your eyes closed while I continue. The Bible says, He took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. And I want you to softly affirm these affirmations that I'm telling you right now in your heart. Just receive them deeply. Take a deep breath. And hear these words resonating inside of you from the Christ in me. I now partake of spiritual substance as I meditate within my heart and mind upon these words of Christ. I now realize that the Christ body is being formed in my consciousness now. I am radiant, loving, living substance. Every cell of my body is alive and aright with the glory of God. I have the power to co-create my world. Keep your eyes closed. The scriptures say, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. I want you to take another deep breath. And hear your Christ self igniting these words as you hear them from my Christ. I now drink of the life of Christ as I meditate on spirit and the truth of his word within my heart and my mind. I feel the creative power of life more abundantly. I am the Christ, one with the living God. And we're going to say this next one three times. I want you to affirm it with me softly. I am that I am. Together. I am that I am. Two more times. I am that I am. One more time. I am that I am. Now receive this prayer of sacrament. We consecrate ourselves, dear Lord, through recognizing our purpose to bear witness to the truth only, to seek truth, to hear truth, and to see truth to the best of our understanding and ability. In this way only,
can we do the healing work of the Christ indwelling in us. We thank you, God, for this mighty ability to come into union with you, to let it resonate deeply within us as you activate the power of our words, both the thinking word and the speaking word. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Looking to try. 
the chickens, we're the eagles. <laughs> oh my goodness, can we give them another hand, y'all? That's a perfect song to go after the spiritual communion, just to keep us flying high, you know? I love that, I love that, I love that. That, that you know, that's one of the things that um, I love about God, is that when you let it go, God always it, you know, the let go and let God is always perfect. So I don't, I, I don't think it's been, only time I share something with you, Nicholas, is if I have a specific request on a song. But he, they always come up with the perfect song for the talks. I'm just saying, I love how God is. You know what else I love? Okay, y'all don't really want to know. I'm going to ask it again. You know what else I love? What? I love y'all. You know what else I love, y'all? I love how y'all are some sweet business. When we give you a challenge, you show up and show out. Now, you want to know what challenge I'm talking about? I'll tell you what challenge I'm talking about. When we uh, did what we did last year with the 25th year anniversary, and we had all of that outreach, and then this year we decided to do our capital campaign, we sparked we sparked the heart of somebody who was an anonymous supporter, right? And that, that wasn't the part that was powerful. The powerful part was that anonymous supporter gave us a challenge that for every $1,000 that we would donate or above, uh, above that, that it would be matched by $1,000 as a, as a donation to our church. But the sweet business is, y'all know about some righteous giving. You know how I know? Because 14 of you guys stood up to the challenge. 14. With that, okay, our goal was $50,000, right? After, the fifth, after that, we are at $44,000, y'all. And that don't mean we got to stop. We can keep going. I'm just saying, righteous giving keeps on giving. But no, this is the point. When I came here, there were only about 14 people, sometimes 20 people here. And we were kind of, and I joined right in with y'all. With we were kind of scraping kind of to make things meet. Sometimes some people might have had to pay some bills or something for the church to help out. But then we came together with the affirmations and the power of affirmations and the power of true righteous giving. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about giving and tithing of your talent, your time, your treasure, your presence here, and your prayers. And you are so deep in doing this and sweet business. And that's what I am too. So it feels good to be a part of this, to see you working the truth. Living the truth that you what? That you know, right? Say, I'm living the truth I know, y'all. I live the truth I know, y'all. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. 
So I just wanted to celebrate that, and I wanted to celebrate y'all. And this is the thing. Anything that is given is powerful. Meeting the challenge of $1,000 more or giving $20 or $5, whatever it is that we give, that's the power of the mustard seed of faith, that the power of God lies in every single way that we give. Do you guys know that? So for those who could not, it's not a big deal. What you can give is just as powerful because you're letting the presence of God flow in the way you can. Amen? Amen. So that brings us into what we're going to talk about today. Now, I'm continuing our study on the parables, and I'm loving, I don't know about y'all, but I'm loving going deep into these parables. And in Bible study, we go even deeper on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock. For those of y'all who take Bible study, do you agree? Okay, it's a couple people here to take Bible study. Uh-uh, there's a couple people up in the balcony. I just knew they were going to be loud and say, yeah, we agree, but I'm going to say it for them. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> They're shy. It's okay. It's okay. But anyway, in Bible study, I know. Oh, so you've been in it too. You didn't say anything either. She's in the front row. That's why she's laughing. Anyway, the deep thing about Jesus' parables is they're not just simple stories. They are earthly stories about everyday life back in first century Judaism that still represent and are timeless now. And they have spiritual meaning that we can live with even now. And they take you back in time as you listen to the scriptures, as you listen to the stories, and they open you up to a deeper understanding when you go inside of it. So we're going to go into the deep end, y'all, and I don't even know how to swim. So God's going to help us with this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Howard wants to go on a cruise, and I don't know about that. I'm having a life jacket the whole time. <laughs> And I want the heavy one that'll hold, really hold me up. Not the one you can poke it and chew. Uh-uh. I don't want the rinky-dink. I want the real dink. <laughs> I'm in a silly mood, y'all, in case you didn't notice. I'm going to chip off my daddy's old block. Uh, well, he's not. Well, he is. He's 78. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, that I, I, talk too, I, I talk out loud too much. I got to stop filter, I gotta filter myself. So the, the parable that we are doing today, that we're going to study today, comes from Matthew, it's chapter 20, and it is um, in, called the parable of the vineyard workers. And this is a powerful, I'm listening, it's a powerful parable because it works deep. And so the title of my talk today is Working Your Inner Vineyard. And so I'm going to read this story that Jesus gives us. And, and, the, and the, the reason why this is important is because this was back in the time, this was around the time, you guys remember me talking to you about the young rich man that came to Jesus and asked, how can I get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus told him to do the Ten Commandments, and he said, I do it already. So Jesus said, well, sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and the homeless, and then come and follow me. And he walked away upset and disappointed because he was so attached to the physical money and the pop and circumstance from the money, he was attached to the physical realm. And so Jesus was saying that it is, he had the, um, I can't even think of that word, something phrase. It's a phrase that we use back then. It says it's easier to get an, uh, the, uh, uh, not an elephant, a cat. I'm, I'm thinking about Riley used to work with elephants. A camel through the eye of a needle than it is to get a rich man into the kingdom of heaven. 
And the disciples were upset about this because back then they thought you could pay your way. Giving tithes and alms, you could pay your way into getting in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus was bringing them to a deeper understanding that you can't pay your way into the kingdom of heaven. It's a spiritual realm, not a physical realm. Does that make sense? And so the thing I love about Jesus is when we look at, when you read the parables, read each one as you go through. He's always using the parable to respond to either something that, uh, what the Pharisees are saying about him or something that his disciples have asked him a question about. And so after he says that, and the disciples say, well, what about us? We've given everything. And then before that, Jesus says that you will get all of that back and more. And then he goes into this parable. So we're going to go into this parable of the vineyard workers. So if you want to close your eyes to listen, you can. That way you get the full story or not. It's up to you. From the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go and join the workers in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, each received full wages, full day's wages. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would be receiving more. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one, he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual pay? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want to do with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are not last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Let me just go ahead and pray real quick. So God, as I open myself up, I am grateful for the way you are going to interpret this parable in and through me and bring all the pieces that you've been putting out this week together into one big puzzle. Thank you, God. As I decrease my human understanding of what I think I know, I open up to the Christ that is all-knowing. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. So this is important to look at because when you look at this, it seems unfair that those who came later on in the day and didn't start at 5 o'clock in the morning, like the, the first people who started at 5 o'clock in the morning, got paid the same amount. And as we look at this scripture, you got to remember that Jesus starts this off by saying that the kingdom of heaven is like. And so the moment he says the kingdom of heaven is like, 
and starts into that parable, you know, you, you have an a, a inkling of a knowing that it's not going to turn out any way like our human minds might think it would be. Does that make sense, everybody? The beautiful thing about Jesus' parables that I've noticed more and more is that they always have a twist to them. They open up with a human uh, way of looking at things, but they always, in the deepness of them, have a twist to them. And so when you look at this, it said there's three different types of workers here in this parable. The first type of workers is, are the ones where the, land, the landowner told them he would hire them at, at an agreed pay. It says the normal daily wage, and then they went out to work. So they went out to work with an expectation they were going to be paid for a day's work. And then the, later on when he went at 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock, then to the marketplace, because back in first century Judaism, what happened was there would be people who sat around or stood around in the marketplace area where they were selling foods and stuff. Farmers were coming in and selling food. So they had an area where people who were workers would stand there waiting for others to come, the, uh, landowners and farmers to come get them and hire them to, for pay. They were like contractors, and they'd get paid for that day's wages. And especially when there was the time for the harvest, they'd really come because they could go on a daily basis for a little while until the harvest was complete. Does that make sense to everybody? And so that's why this work, this landowner went over to the marketplace because he knew there would be people there waiting to work, ready and willing to work. Now, the first ones, he went there right in the morning. And so he went again at 9 and 12 and 3 o'clock. And at those times, there were still people in the marketplace, and he hired them as well. But when he hired those people, he said that he was hiring them at a pay and paying them whatever was right at the end of the day. And then he goes again, and in some verses, in some translations, it says at the 11th hour, because it's, 12, it's 6 o'clock, and then 12 hours later is the 11th hour. So at 5 o'clock, he goes back, he's walking back through, and he sees other people working, and he asks them, why haven't you worked all day? And they say, because nobody hired us. He tells them, just go work with my people. There's three different phases of consciousness here that demonstrate spiritual law. And it's the spiritual law of prosperity. And so when you look at this, the first phase, the first group of workers are the workers that have a definite understanding on how they're going to be compensated. And that's connected to a definite talking to God and making a commitment to God about something. Praying with God on something definite and asking for help on something definite. For instance, when I was going to ministerial school, I set it in my consciousness that I know that I am meant to be a minister. I accept your calling, God. And as I accept your calling, I will do everything that it takes and I will work hard. And I promise you I had to work hard to become an ordained minister. And afterwards, I'd be paid. I had no idea that I'd really soon as I, before I was even ordained, would have a job. But it was the promise that I would have a job, and it came, it was so interesting because I had four different churches that were, want, that were looking to hire me or interested in hiring me. And I ended up here, y'all. <laughs> but there was a definite promise, a definite prayer, and a definite outcome that was expected that I would be a minister and I'd be paid that way as a minister. So I let go of my other jobs 
and I committed and did my work through ministerial school, and when I finished ministerial school through my internship, that is the definite asking God for something specific and getting it what you ask for, stepping into the kingdom of heaven through that way. Now, when we look at the second group of workers, the second group of workers were told that you will get what was right at the end of the day. And if you remember in this, in this story, as the workers are being paid from the ones who were hired last, being paid first, they got the same amount of money. So those who were paid what was right were paid the same amount for a full day's work. And then we look at those who were hired an hour before uh, the, the ending day, because back then they didn't have the little spotlights that you can turn out, turn on, and then work at night. So around 6 o'clock, they usually, that was the end of their day. These people who were hired at 5 o'clock, not only were they paid first for their hour's worth of pay, they were paid a full day worth of pay. And those who were the ones who, were deter who had a specific, definite agreement on how much they would be paid were looking at them like, hey, how come, they get, how come they're getting what we're getting? Because they were coming from a human way of registering how we get paid in spirit, how we step into compensation and prosperity in spirit. Does that make sense to y'all? How many times have we looked at some people and saw that they're getting some stuff and they get skating, they're getting, I can't even think of the phrases now. Um, I'm probably going to mess them up, so I'm not going to try. That they're not working as hard as we are, and they're getting paid the same amount or more. So when we look at this and go deeper, The landowner represents God. The vineyard represents your consciousness. What you receive in life represents your intention when you go to work. If you set your intention that you pray for one specific thing and you limit yourself to that one specific thing, you will, get, you will get it because the law is the law. Thoughts held in mind, what? Produce after their kind. So as that prayer goes out and you ask for something specific and you work hard for that something specific, you will get that something specific according to your consciousness. So if you're working hard and you're doubting it, you're not open to receive it. Does that make sense? The people who were hired last, if you look at this, they were just ready to work. So you have that second, the first part is looking at the physical. As I do this work, God's going to give me this thing. The second group of people is as I do this work and put, my, put it in God's hands, God will give me what's right. When you look at the second group, as I work for the pleasure and the joy of working, that is my prosperity. And in that opens you up to the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Yes. When you just serve, you ever had a moment that you felt good serving? Yes. And if you got paid or not, you were okay with it because it felt good to just serve? Yes. 
That's what we are created to do. Do you know why? Because it opens you up to the kingdom of heaven. All of us have the opportunity to go into the kingdom of heaven, whether we start and get a relationship when we're first born and in our young years, or whether we start and get into a relationship in our middle ages, or whether we on our deathbed say, God, I commend my spirit to you. I believe in you. We all have access to the kingdom of heaven. We all have access to the prosperity of God. We all have access to whatever it is in the potency and the infinite of God. We, all we have to do is open up and get there. That's all. That's all. So this is the thing. You might wonder, well, which group do I fall in? You fall in every single one because it depends on your consciousness at the time. Does that make sense? Sometimes we're in a place where we do have specific something, and you have to work hard because that working hard develops your strength and your faith in God. That's in the beginning of your consciousness of your maturity with God. And then the second part, you move into, well, I know if I do this, God will give it to me according to God's riches in the kingdom of heaven. You're still connected to your actions being a way that you get the reward, but you still will get the reward because your mind and law work in the consciousness of God. And then we move into giving just for the sake of giving, which is what y'all did. You gave to serve this church. You gave out of your heart. We're, in the, um, we're not even in the middle of, year of the year, and we're almost at the $50,000. Because our consciousness has moved into serving for the sake of serving, and it opened us up into the wealth and prosperity of God easily and effortlessly. Does that make sense? And those of us who give, our hearts are open no matter what degree that we give. When we give cheerfully with all that we have in that moment that we're guided to give, your heart is so open, you have tapped into the prosperity of God. So I'm here to share that it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, you still have access to God. That prosperity consciousness, the vineyard, is you, is in your consciousness. You are the worker in how you make your decisions. And God will demonstrate according to how open you are. And we all have moments when we're not that open. And it's okay. And we have moments when we're all the way open. And that's amazing. There's a scripture I want to share with you that I love about God because God's no respecter of persons. In Philippians 4, 19, God, the, uh, Paul is talking to the church of Philippi. And he says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. In the consciousness of you, in the consciousness of me, God is already open and working. The vineyard to prosperity and abundance, infinite prosperity and infinite abundance is already within you. You have access to it. You have access to it. And the more we access it without, being without it determining how we live in it and act according to it, the more we access it through spirit, the freely prosperity comes to you. 
when you're the person who's always looking at actions and focusing on other people, there's no joy in your own work and giving. When you're the person, when we move into the space of giving in a consciousness of how, God, how we give, God will give to us. We move into a deeper opening of God and freedom and joy of God. When you just give, just for the sake of giving, you are open, you are free, nothing has blocked you, and you are empowered. Do you get that? I want you to put your hands over your heart and gently close your eyes with me and take a deep breath. Breathe into the consciousness of prosperity that wherever I am, God is and all is well. And I'm going to say it again and I want you to affirm that after I say it. Let me say it first. Wherever I am, God is and all is well. Together. Wherever I am, God is and all is well. I am prosperous. Together. I am prosperous. I step into righteous giving. Together. I step into righteous giving. As I give, so shall I receive. I give according to God. I am the presence of God. I am prosperous, I am abundant, I am free. My vineyard has workers abundant, and I am prospered abundantly. No matter where I am on the spectrum, I am working the word of God. Open me up, God. I am ready, God. I love you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is, and we let it be. Amen.
that we do it here at Unity of Washington. Oops. Now that was 20 years ago. <laughs> at Unity of Farmington Hills. <laughs> and it's through prayer. And I'd like to begin this segment with a poem about prayer. And I'd like for the prayer chaplains, old and new, seasoned and new, to come <laughs> forward. <laughs> and the, the poem is entitled, Prayer Changes Me, by Elizabeth Saxton. I know not how prayer changes things, that miracles may come to be, but this I know. Prayer lends me wings 
And by God's grace, prayer changes me. I know not how a simple task, prayer-based, shines with dignity, when in good faith, God's help I ask, but this I know, prayer changes me. I am a knocker at the door. I am a seeker at the gate. I am a asker who before my own dear God has learned to wait. I know not how prayer changes things. It's a lovely mystery. But this I know, prayer lends me wings, and day by day, prayer changes me. This concept of prayer is a foundation of Unity Worldwide Ministries and of this church. Each of the ladies here and a couple who are not here today have completed a course in prayer chaplaincy that is supported and sponsored by Unity Worldwide Ministry and conducted by love, Light and Love Ministries. And so we are pleased today to recognize and to commit for some and to recommit for others a, a life of prayer. And so we have Reverend Kelly, Reverend Victoria Hart, and Eileen and myself who are recommitting before this community to a life of prayer. And we have Roxanne Berry and Lynette Kelly, who are not here today, who are also recommitting. And we have Sue Resnick, <laughs> as well as Katie Smith, who, are, who participated in the class for the first time this year. Well, sort of first time for Sue. She's been, she's been around. <laughs> But so we now have eight prayer chaplains. And so we're really excited. And so I'd like to take a couple of minutes for them to repeat their commitment. And so I will say, uh, and then you repeat after me. I commit to a daily spiritual journey. Based on love, faith, prayer, and gratitude. I commit to demonstrating an active practice of unity principles. I commit to demonstrating an active practice of unity principles. I commit to hold a spiritual space. I commit to hold a spiritual space of possibility for myself and others. for myself and others. I commit to prayer both for myself and others. I commit to prayer both for myself and others. And then we'll end with our you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We hold a sacred space, we lovingly listen, we pray we for her, her. her, and we hold in confidence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
that we got to for prayer chaplain. So if you're ever interested in wanting to become a prayer chaplain, just let me or Sharon know, and we can uh, give, do another prayer chaplain training. Can we give the prayer chaplains a hand, y'all? You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. So now we're going to go ahead and, and um, take it, just take a deep breath and gently close your eyes so we can do our love offering blessing. Bring to mind what you feel led to give. And while y'all holding that in mind, I'm just going to pray it for y'all because we, we got to get out of here. Oh, I got to remember it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand, do our prayer for protection, our peace song, get out of here, and let Reverend, uh, Reverend uh, Victoria pray. I'm tongue-tied today. Okay. Ah, so let's go ahead and do our prayer for protection. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.